0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more. I love living in my paid-for home, knowing that even if I lost my job, we would still keep our house. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. My name is Andy Hill, and today we're answering two questions from the Marriage, Kids & Money community. And after our questions, we're highlighting another Money Master of the Week. And last but not least, I am throwing down another MKM challenge, my friends. You won't want to miss this one because it's going to get you to take some net worth boosting action. All right, let's jump into today's show. Our first question of the month comes in from Nick from Tampa, who responded to a blog post of mine on Facebook about paying off our mortgage last year. Andy, I love this blog post. As a former Dave Ramsey groupie myself, I'm really excited for y'all. I would love to hear about your perspective one year later. I'm curious where you're at with this. Have you followed through on your plans to allocate your savings like you say at the end of the post? Have you invested in other opportunities? Have you gone on vacations? Do you regret paying the mortgage off? Or do you still feel like it was a smart decision? From Nick. Nick, I'm really glad you asked that question, my friend, because uh, before you asked, I really hadn't looked back and tracked what we've done with our money since paying off the mortgage one year ago this month. Well, last month, November. November. 2018, November 2017 is when we paid it off. November 2018 would be one year, anyway, about a year. <laughs> but now you have motivated me to look into it, Nick. Thank you so much. And uh, so I did. I looked into it. So here's what I discovered. In my article, I talk about eight categories where we would more than likely allocate our money after we paid off the mortgage. So I'm going to go through those eight categories. Right. Meow. Right meow. Number one, real estate savings. So last year, Nicole and I agreed that we wanted to get into buy and hold rental properties in the Metro Detroit area. We wanted to grab some properties to provide us with consistent monthly cash flow and build up that passive income I always talk about. Now, we've looked at some single-family homes online and in person, but uh, we haven't bought anything just yet. We haven't found the one that feels right, or the one that fits our price range. (laughs) In the process of reading a bunch of real estate books and interviewing uh, probably a half a dozen real estate experts on this show, we've been able to save about 40,000 bucks So, yeah, no mortgage. A lot of extra money just goes to the savings account for this rental property dream of ours. And we've been keeping that in an online savings account all year. And it's been getting us about 2% APY, which is, you know, not bad. Before, maybe like a year or two ago, it was like paltry, you know. 0.5% or 0.1%, some nasty stuff. So anyway, there's some online savings uh, accounts out there like Ally. We use Ally. And it's helping us stock away some extra cash while we wait to pull the real estate trigger. So that's number one. We saved about $40,000 in real estate savings this year. So that's the first thing in the article that I'm giving you an update on, Mr. Nick. And then number two, we talked about family vacations. So, yes, last year I made it a goal to vacation more with the fam after the, uh, after the mortgage freedom. And vacation we did. <laughs> In May, we went on a five-day all-inclusive family vacation for our, four people, our four-person family to Cabo San Lucas. And that was an incredible, incredible time together. And that one was actually mostly purchased with points. So it actually only cost us less than like 300 bucks. But hey, even though we didn't pay top dollar, it still counts. (laughs) And then in July and September, we visited my family in northern Michigan like we do every year. And it's actually absolutely the best time to visit Michigan. If you guys are ever going to visit Michigan, July through September, just the summertime, it is pure Michigan, hashtag pure Michigan, in my humble opinion. And then in late September, we went to Florida for a Disney trip with the family. This was an incredible time, very memorable. The kids had a blast, and I hit up FinCon while I was in town as well. And then in October, my wife and I traveled to Southern California for a long weekend of fun and enjoyed a friend's wedding while we were out there. And we went to some of the spots that we originally used to hang out with. Nicole was from Hermosa beach when we met. And that's where we hung out when we went there 10 years later now (laughs) for a weekend of fun. And that trip was also completely covered by points as well. So (laughs) saving a little bit of money as we go. And last but not least on the vacation side of things, we're headed to Cancun in December for a week long trip after Christmas. This one will not be covered by points, but, uh, you know, say lovey. You, you got to pay a little bit sometimes. All in all, we will have spent around 6000 bucks on our trips this year. A great use of our post-mortgage money, in my opinion. Number three, max out our tax-favored retirement options. This was another plan for the Hill family. And I did not do this to its full extent, actually. I maxed out the 401k, had been doing that for since 2013 because I get that good match at my job, about 15%. I did start and fund a health savings account, an HSA. This was a first for us. And I put about $4,400 for the year so far in there. And since the max is around $6,900 for families, or is $6,900 for families, I won't be maxing it out to this year. But nevertheless, got a great amount of money in there and utilized the extra funds to increase our retirement savings through the HSA. And for Roth IRAs, we saved about $5,000 total. So we did not max that one out either. But uh, hey, it's good to put big goals out there. And hey, if you feel they get halfway, that's still pretty darn good. You know, I guess we could have saved a little bit less in the real estate fund and max these out, but um, we're excited about getting to the real estate thing sooner than later. So it is all good. The fourth thing, number four, increase our kids' college savings through 529. We did increase our kids' college savings quite a bit in 2018. We were saving around $100 per month in 2017 for both kids, and we increased that to about $300 per month for both kids in 2018. We're shooting to have around $100,000 for each kid when they go to school. That is definitely not going to be enough to pay... The entire boatload of a four-year university in our state, in-state, which is insane. (laughs) We decided we don't want to fully fund their college funds for a couple reasons, actually. They may not go to a regular four-year university, and they can help us make up the difference with scholarships and (gasps) working, if need be. Yeah, working in college and high school. (laughs) A little out of the norm, right? I've spoken with a lot of parents about this, actually. And this this halfway methodology sounds like a good safe zone where we're not investing too much, but we're not also letting our kids drown in student debt. I just read an article about it getting to $1.5 trillion of student debt. And uh, it's a little scary. A little scary right now. So we're doing our, doing our part to... Help our kids prepare. And then number five, contribute to a taxable brokerage account. We did start this one late in the year, and now we have around $1,000 in it. So not a ton, but um, we did get it started. We use Vanguard as our investment partner. Lots of uh, well-diversified funds with low fees with Vanguard. And I I like building up our taxable brokerage so we can access funds earlier than our typical retirement age. It's going to take a while to build up, but hey, you got to start. You got to start somewhere, right, people? And then the sixth thing of our list of eight here is to give more to charities that we love. This was the one I was most proud of this year. I researched dozens of charities, and I found ones that really resonated with me, and a lot of them are focused in helping kids have a better shot at life. The first one is Sandy Hook Promise. They provide training to children and adults to prevent senseless gun violence in schools. Uh, The second one was Malala Fund. This invests in education programs for girls globally, and it's founded by the Nobel laureate Malala Yousafzai. The third one was Thorn, which is dedicated to ending child sex trafficking, which is actually pretty prevalent in the United States. So look into that one, everybody. The fourth one was Feeding America. It's a hunger relief organization, food bank, with a nationwide network of food banks that feed the hungry. The fifth one was World Vision. It sponsors children in poverty-stricken areas across the globe. Sixth one was Charity Water. It provides drinking water to people in developing nations. And then the last one, which I actually just recently discovered from my conversation with Jillian Rood when we were talking about foster care, is Together We Rise. This one is dedicated to transforming the way kids experience foster care in America. So those were seven organizations I discovered actually just this year. Well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, World Vision we've been donating to for a while, but the other ones all this year. And overall, we increased our charitable giving by around 2,000 bucks from the previous year. And we're hoping to do more in 2019. I want to be more generous. I want to be more charitable. That is a goal of mine. Very inspired by people who grow their wealth and then give it back to people who really need it. And in this case, kids that really need it. (laughs) And then the seventh one, Nick, is invest more in this podcast. Even though I planned on utilizing some of the extra money we had from not having the mortgage to grow this little small business of mine that you're listening to right now, I ultimately decided that I should just use the revenue from the business. That way I'm only spending what I'm making and no more. So far, it's worked out pretty great. I've earned around 10000 bucks in revenue this year in my little part-time side business dealio thingy. And I've got prospects of an additional amount of income this last month. So I've still got 30 days to rock it out, man. And I only use that revenue to invest in the business and none of our personal income. That's kind of how I want to separate it. And it's probably a smart move. I've never done this entrepreneurial stuff before, but I'm assuming that is a good way to go. (laughs) And I get to hang out with fun people like you. So thanks for listening. And then the last one, number eight, is, and it's probably one of the most important ones for the stability of my marriage, finally decorate our home. This was the most important investment for our marriage, my friends, in 2018. I tried to squirrel away more cash for the real estate fund, but that, that did not go over well. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, everybody. I also made a promise to Nicole that she'd finally have a chance to decorate the house after we you know, bought it in 2013. We, we did some work. I mean, it wasn't like empty or anything like that, but not to the extent that she really felt happy and comfortable with. So this year we spent around $5,000 on home improvement, and I'm really glad we did. The house looks and feels just like a comfortable hotel. I love being there in fact, I'm on the road right now as I am recording this, so I am so excited to get home to spend time with Nicole and the kids in our awesome home, our awesomely decorated paid for home. <laughs> so, Nick, that's how we used our money so far this year. All in all, I think um, I was pretty close to what I laid out in the article and I will include that article in the show notes for everyone to check out at marriagekidsandmoney.com/session111. The article is focused on how we paid off our $400,000 home, our $195,000 mortgage, and the details around it. I put very, very detailed numbers, everybody. So if you want to see how we did it, it's in that article, marriagekidsandmoney.com/session111. You'll see it in there. Oh, and to your last question, Nick, I don't regret paying off the mortgage one bit. I love living in my paid-for home, knowing that even if I lost my job, we would still keep our house. One year later, the decision still feels right, and we're looking forward to our next family financial adventure. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com/tello and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com/tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors everybody. Let's jump back into our show. Our second question of the month, it comes in from Angela from California. Hey, Andy, I'm enjoying your show. And I wanted to ask you a question as I'm starting to get into more aggressively saving for my retirement. I'm 32 years old and I recently modified my contributions to my workplace 401k. So I'll be maxing it out at 18,500 this year. I paid off my last student loan and all of a sudden I had extra money. I convinced my husband to do the same thing, maxing out the 401k, so we're really getting serious about our retirement savings now. Both our companies match, so that's another perk. I do feel like I'm behind overall, though. Where else should we consider investing outside of our 401ks? Any feedback you have would be great. Angela. Angela. Angela, congratulations. This is a big deal. You are kicking butt with your retirement savings. You and your husband are now saving a boatload of cash for your future. The great thing about your decision here is that it's automatic. Soon you won't even notice that money was even available to you because it's going directly into your 401k each month. Automation is just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Another great thing is that you decided to use your extra money from your student loan payments to fund your retirement savings. You didn't just start spending it all. Way to go on combating the lifestyle inflation, Angela. Two points for you. As for your question, there are tons of investment options you can choose from outside of your 401k, and I'm, I'm just going to give you five of them right now, not to overwhelm you. So number one is your Roth IRA. It sounds like you and your husband are both working and making some good money since you're maxing out that uh, those 401ks. So check to see if you can invest in a Roth IRA at your income level. For 2019, I believe the income limit is $193,000. So that's 2019, we're still in 2018, yes. But with your 401k contributions, that definitely lowers your adjusted gross income. And if you're maxing them out, that's $37,000 that it would be decreased by. So a Roth may still be in your range. I have no idea what kind of money you're making. Let's just say the Roth is in your range. For 2019, you can invest up to $6,000 per person. In 2018, it is 5,500. So in 2019, if you guys decided to go about this, your combined additions together, you and your husband could be about 12,000 bucks. So depending on how much extra money you had to utilize, that could be eaten up real fast by the Roth, and it would be a great way to invest more for your retirement. If for some reason you guys are above the Roth income limits, take a look at a traditional IRA. It's another great avenue for retirement savings. Number two of our list of five here, Angela, is an HSA. I talked about it a little bit earlier about me investing In an HSA. It's my first year doing it, and I've just seen a lot of benefits of it, and this could be a great option for you. So a health savings account, HSA, is actually, it's just that. It's a savings account designed specifically for healthcare costs. Costs like doctor fees, prescription medications, dental treatments, and even your contact lenses can be covered under an HSA. You must, 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 must be signed up for a high deductible health plan though in order to participate the HP, Lots of uh, acronyms for you to remember. <laughs> so Angela, do you or your husband have the option to sign up for a high deductible health plan? Or if you already are in one, then you can utilize this HSA. So if you're not in one consider it. typically you'll have much lower premiums but your deductible is much higher, hence the name High Deductible Health Plan. If you have a sizable emergency fund, you should be in a good spot, though. So now to the investing portion of the HSA. It's not just a savings account. You can invest your money, too. Woo-hoo. If you're signing up for an HSA through your employer, you may have the ability to contribute to your account before taxes are taken out of your salary. Also, your investments grow tax-free. woohoo! So yeah, check out this HSA, another great option for retirement savings with lots of tax benefits. In fact, there is actually more tax benefits, but I can't spend the whole episode talking about how great they are. So I've got, I've got another article for you to check out and I will put that in the show notes for you guys to check out marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 111, session 111. All right, number three, an option for you to invest after maxing out that four hundred and one k. Save up for a down payment on a home. I wasn't sure from your message if you guys are homeowners already, and if you're not, consider saving up some extra cash for a down payment on a home. With you living in California, though, I, I understand real estate may be tough for you to buy right now. Perhaps you could just save up for a little while, and you know, with your with your great income, it'll become a reality sooner than later. I like the idea of putting 25% down so you are not drowning in mortgage payments, but that's just me. You got to do what's right for you. Uh, 20% helps you to not pay the PMI. 10%, you know, you can get a lot of loans for a lot lower, but uh, 25% feels comfortable for me. Obviously, do what's right for you. Number four, taxable brokerage. So, once you've maxed out the tax advantage accounts like the 401k, the IRA, and the HSA, you can look at a taxable brokerage account for some good old fashioned investing. As I talked about earlier, I dig Vanguard for its broad array of low cost funds. Also, a lot of millionaires that I've spoken to like Vanguard. So, I'm pretty much just following along with what the millionaires are doing. You know, they, they, they seem to have figured it out. Fidelity is also a great company that's getting very competitive with Vanguard for super low fee funds. In fact, they recently released a series of no fee index funds. Yeah, that's right. No fee, no cost. So they they want your business. So with competition, my friends, the consumer always wins. So check out either one of these companies, Vanguard or Fidelity, and I think you'll be golden. And then number five... Five twenty nine for the kids. Now I don't know if you have kids. I couldn't understand if you were a homeowner or if you have kids from from your message. But if you do, college isn't getting any cheaper, my friend. Consider opening a five twenty nine college savings account for your kids, and you can start to open up one as soon as they have a social security number. So you can't you can't do it when they're in utero, but uh, when they're alive and they got the, they got the number, that's uh, that's when you can do it. That's what we did for our kids. And the investments have done pretty well. So if kids aren't in the picture yet, don't even think about this one. Just focus on you and your husband and growing your wealth together. Well, Angela, I hope these five investment ideas get your thoughts churning. If you have a financial advisor, speak with them first before making any moves. They know your situation much better than some dude recording a podcast off of his laptop. (laughs) If you have a question like Nick or Angela, please contact me at Andy at MarriageKidsAndMoney.com or leave me a voicemail at MarriageKidsAndMoney.com slash voicemail. I love, absolutely love answering these questions and I hope it helps you too. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. Brittany Lynn from Dallas called in to share a recent debt crushing victory. The floor is yours, Brittany Lynn.
1: Hi, my name is Brittany Lynn. I am located in Dallas, Texas, and my financial win was my husband and I paid off $50,000 of debt in two and a half years. And how we did it was we basically followed Dave Ramsey's uh, debt snowball method. So if you're not familiar with that, um, It's basically attacking all of your debts, um, by starting with the smallest one first. Um, and then you kind of snowball and end up and end up paying off all of the other debts that you have. So that took us two and a half years and, um, yeah, we just paid it off by, starting to budget and paying attention to our finances and selling things off, selling as much as we could, and just re- really being aware of how we spend our money. So we celebrated by me starting my own business. So that was a big reason why we started paying off all of our debt was to allow me to be able to start my own business. So I did that about three years ago. And our next financial goal is to buy either a duplex or some type of rental that we can start making some other type of income. $50,000
0: of debt paid off in just two and a half years. Excellent work, Brittany. As you heard from Brittany, my friends, this is the stuff we talk about a lot. She tracked her spending. She partnered with her spouse. They sold stuff around the house they didn't need. And they achieved their debt freedom. With the debt out of their lives, Brittany was able to start her own business. That is how you get motivated to do some crazy stuff like this. Put something exciting at the end of the debt pay down path. When we pay off this debt, we're going to be able to blank insert your dream there, right? Vacation each year, go part-time at your job, stay at home with the kids, Get enough for a down payment on a house, et cetera, et cetera. You fill in your dream in the blank and then you go get it. Way to go, Brittany. If you want to check out Brittany's new business that she's doing, go to BrittanyL.Lynn.com. That's BrittanyL.Lynn.com. Brittany, thank you so much for sharing your win and congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? You got to email me, my friends, at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. I'm all about self-improvement, so let's bring on another MKM challenge. It's been a few months since I've thrown down a challenge, but uh, the time has come once again, my friends. My challenge for you today is to take advantage of the last 30 days of this year and accomplish an important financial goal of yours before January 1st. Remember when you started off the year, you may have set some lofty goals in January. You know, those, what do they call them? New Year's resolutions. It's time to look back on those goals and see how you can accomplish them. So go find that list you made on your phone or that scrap piece of paper you wrote on where you wrote your goals. Or if you're a journaler, you know, find your journal, that goals list. I'm sure it's hiding somewhere in the notes somewhere. Anyway, find that list and take one of those goals off of that list and ask yourself, what can I do to make this goal become a reality before 2019? What steps can I take today and in the weeks to come to make my 2019 better. I'll give you an example. One of my goals was to read another book that helps grow the love and bond between me and Nicole. So I have a book called Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, and I'm on chapter three, and I've been working on it, but I'm pledging to you now that I will finish it before January 1st. That is my pledge to you. <laughs> These can be financial goals, family goals, marriage goals, health-related goals, whatever goals you had in January, take a look at them and see what difference you can make by the end of the year. Who knows? You might be a person that thrives in the fourth quarter, like right at the end, not a procrastinator per se, but like, hey, I, I, got, I got I got, a month to go and you're running out of time and the clock is ticking and that's when you come through. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's when you shine, right? Well, now's the time to make it happen, my friends. And if you didn't make any goals at the beginning of the year, that's okay. I'm going to give you 10 to consider right now. Number one, pay down your smallest debt. Yeah, I could do that. Maybe you got a little credit card that you want to get rid of. Number two, start your first budget. You've heard me talk about budgets all the time. Maybe it's uh, time for you to get one going. Number three, read this book, The Five Love Languages it'll change your marriage. That's all I'm going to say. Number four, give a $100 tip to someone in the service industry and join me for hashtag big tip Tuesday and make someone's day. Number five, start a chore and reward program with your kids so they can learn the value of a dollar. Number six, open and fund a 529 college savings account. We've talked about it on the show today, and we've talked about it in the past. This is a great one to help your kids avoid the massive student debt waiting for them. Number seven, sell 10 things around your house that don't bring you joy on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace. You'll put some good money back in your pocket and clean your house of unwanted clutter. Number eight, this is going to be a fun one. Call, write, or text five friends and tell them why you appreciate them. It's going to make you feel good. To express your gratitude. Number nine, reconcile with a family member, or a friend that you haven't spoken to in a while. It'll make you feel great during the holidays and it's going to make them feel great too. And then the last one, number 10, give a couple hours of your time to volunteer to an organization that you're passionate about. Yeah. Give back, man. That's where the real joy of the holiday is. <laughs> Those are 10 quick ideas for you to improve your life, your marriage, and your finances before the new year. So that's it. The challenge has been laid down. Who is in? Email me at andy@marriagekidsandmoney.com at or send me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 111, session 111. Lots of ones. <laughs> As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out professional advice for your specific financial situation. If this is your first time listening to the show, first of all, thank you. But please do me a favor, if you wouldn't mind. Hit the subscribe button in your podcast player of choice. That way, we can hang out every Monday and grow our young family's wealth together. This month on the show, we have an excellent lineup. Next week on December 10th, writer and podcaster Sarah Lee Kane joins us to talk about how young parents can grow a successful six-figure business from home. And the week after that, December 17th, Joel Floric reviews how he purchased 31 multifamily rental units by the age of 25. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't from a big inheritance. (laughs) The week after that, December 24th, writer and editorial director at Fabric, Allison Cade, joins us to discuss charitable giving and why she's happy giving away 10% of her income. And then the last Monday of the month of the year, on December 31st, author John Lanza shares how we can empower our kids to handle money like adults. It's going to be another incredible month of family financial motivation, my friends. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Gloria Steinem. Without leaps of imagination or dreaming, we lose the excitement of possibilities. Dreaming, after all, is a form of planning. Dream big and win, my friends. Carpe diem.